You are in Warriors Huddle with me, Bram. No Margus today, but with me per usual, our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Maxime, crazy important podcast today. The draft is what, a less than a week away, and we have the one person we need on the show to kind of give us a preview of it. Welcoming back an 11-year veteran of Yahoo Sports, where she's covered the Olympics, the Super Bowl, the Final Four, UFC title fights, and focused on college basketball specifically for the last half decade. An NBA draft guru and expert who has followed this draft class since like middle school and the perfect person to talk to if your team is less than a week away in the NBA draft. Miss Kristen Peak, what's going on, KP? Hello. Yes. Can you believe it's finally here? It's been a hundred. It's going to be 146 days since the original draft date. So we're here. The light is at the end of the tunnel. Like we can all see it. We're almost there. (laughs) You clearly have not been listening to this podcast. Uh, Yes, dude. I am so happy it's here. Uh, We've been talking about things like what player do you think likes grapefruit juice? You know, there's just been nothing to talk about. So that we finally have this thing um, is unbelievable. And I got to get this off my chest. So a little brief shot behind the curtain. We called Christian. We were set at a certain time. She was literally like 90 seconds late. I mean, not late at all. And when we got her, she hopped on and said, oh, sorry, boys. I was, uh, I was on the phone with a team. Kristen, do you know how badly I want to be able to say that sentence at some point? <laughs> Just like casually, oh yeah, pff, sorry. I know we were set for this team, but I was talking to an NBA team in preparation for the draft. So nicely played, man. Just just nicely played. I mean, thanks. I, this And I've said it, I've told you guys this before, but like, especially with this draft, because we didn't have an NCAA tournament, we had that extended period. These teams could only see these players two consecutive times up to 10 total times. So that's five players if you're going to go see them twice. And and so there's a lot of question marks and there's also a lot of media people that I think just forgot the draft was on Wednesday and they're all, it's like, uh, cramming for a final exam. And they're like, Oh, we know nothing about these players. Please help. So I am here to help. I'm here to, to talk anything you want about any of these players because I've been covering them for seven months and I'm so ready for next Wednesday. No, no that's, you've come to the right place. I'm going to be giving you big, like giant, easy questions because as I'm sure you've learned throughout our relationship, I'm not the smartest person on earth and I can only really digest things in, in large chunks, but give me a sense of what your week has looked like. So, you know, we're six days away. Um, just like you said, suddenly NBA teams, analysts, everyone is, is waking up and realizing they need you so has it just been bananas is your phone going crazy every moment i mean i've done a ton of radio hits i did a uh, tv hit yesterday with fox sports and stadium where they wanted me to come on as the wizards expert and i remember right before we went on air (laughs) that (laughs) the person was like the the host was like oh where in DC do you live? And I said, I don't, I'm in Utah, but I live in Los Angeles. Like, and he's like, what? But you're covering the, I was like, never mind. Yeah. Don't you, you should be like, yeah, I live in the wizard's locker room. Don't you worry <laughs> about, I didn't announce myself as the person who lives in Washington. I announced myself as a wizard, you like, know, listen, an expert. 
I know who they're taking at number nine. Let's just get over it. Like, yeah, boom. <laughs> exactly right. And as long as we're giving uh, random back compliments, let me give you this one. Kristen, you helped with my relationship. So you may not remember this, Maxime. Uh, you may not either. But the last time Kristen was on, I admitted to her that there are times late at night where I go into the living room, my wife's in front of me, and I literally eat peanut butter just directly from the jar, just right from the jar. And I, I try not to admit it. And when she's called me out on it in the past, I've lied. And I asked Kristen, you know, should I come clean? Should be honest? She told me I should. Kristen, I came clean with my wife. And look, it's not like we're like locked arm in arm eating peanut butter together late at night, but she's pretty comfortable with it. Like it's helped us. So good advice. I, I at least wanted to say that early on. Well, I'm proud of you for taking that step. At least, you know, we've got some good news in 2020. That's, that's good to hear. <laughs> exactly right. Um, something tells me that people are listening to this podcast not to hear me congratulate you on your relationship advice and they want some draft stuff. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push us in a different direction. I've got some kind of big, bright, large category questions, but I also just love your experience, generally speaking, with the recruiting process. So I've put in some random things in there as well. Let me start with this one. What player in this draft would help the Warriors win a championship the most next year? Not the most talented, not the one who has the brightest future or the the highest floor, but if the only thing the Warriors wanted to do was use this draft to add a player that would help them next year in title contention. Who do you think that would be? I don't think we've talked about this player yet, but he is flying up draft boards. I just wrote a feature on him this week and I spoke to him and his college and AAU coach. And I think it's Onyeko Kamu out of USC. I mean, huh. when you're talking about wanting a winner right now, he has done nothing but win his entire career. He won at Chino Hills with Lamella Wall. They won a state title. Lonzo was on the team as well. Lonzo was a senior. Onyeka was a freshman. And he won at AAU. They won the Adidas Nations tournament. And he won a lot of games for USC in the Pac-12 this year. So if we're talking about a player that can come in and has that mentality, that winner's mentality, and also he's pretty good at basketball. He's probably the best shot blocker in this draft class. He had 67 blocks this uh, this this last season, averaged 2.7 blocks. He has a seven foot two wingspan, was top 10 in the country in shot blocks. Um, and he just has a great motor. Uh, Annie Infield told me yesterday that the biggest improvement where he saw his game was in his pick and roll defense. You know, huh. he's got the speed to defend the switch. And then he also has the athleticism to hedge and get back before his man gets too deep in the lane. So that is one thing you need if you're defending someone you know, like Giannis or right. or anybody else in the league that's going to try to take advantage of a rookie like that. Um, so I think he's probably the best fit. Are they going to take him at two? I don't know about that. How old is he? He's 19. He, okay. he turns 20 in December. And what positions can he guard? I heard you, rim, rim protector, and I heard you say yes. Giannis as well. But, I mean, can I he would guard say- I would say he's a good uh, two through four. He can guard the perimeter, and then he can also bang in the post, but I don't know how he's going to be banging in the post with Anthony Davis. And obviously, I mean, super fluid. We'll see what the hell happens uh, when the draft actually unfolds. But what what pick range? If that's who they wanted and the Warriors were comfortable trading down, we're talking like eight, six? Where, Where would we need to be for them to pick him up? 
three to six. So when I say they won't take them at two, maybe they will. Yeah, like you, right. I don't think you understand how many question marks this draft has. Yep. I mean, there are going to be a ton of trades, a ton of, whoa, who's this guy? <laughs> like all the mock drafts had him at 26. What are, what are the Knicks doing taking yep. him, you know, in the top 10? Um, I think there's going to be a lot of that. Can he, so my next question was going to be this, but it, you may have just answered it. And the thing that's missing is the three point shot. So before the Lakers, right? Before a title that I believe uh, needs an asterisk, but that's not the conversation we need to have right now. Before the Lakers won, the idea in this era of the NBA is that you needed three and D guys. You need people who can guard, you know, almost every position and could shoot if left wide open. So if that really, you know, if we accept that that's still the future and the Lakers size hasn't changed it, what's the best three and D player in this draft? Is it who you just told us about? Because I didn't, didn't hear three point shot added to the description. No, it's not the best three and D player in this draft. There's two of them that come to mind. The best one is Devin Vassell, Florida state, six, mm-hmm. six uh, has a six ten wingspan averaged, I think 13 points per game at Florida state, but Super I've been calling fluid. him Vassal. Is that good? I mean, at least a thousand times I've used that. So I really wish we had had you on a few weeks ago, but it, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, Maxime, if you can use what she just said and then you're editing magic and put it in the past, you know, like make me, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a voice difference, but whatever, it's worth it. <laughs> yes, it is Vassal. And by the way, like I was watching a video with, um, with a senior MBA writer and they're like, I really like this kid from Texas Tech. He's one of my players to watch. Jameis Ramsey and his name's Jemias. And I'm like, oh my gosh. No. <laughs> Thank God like, uh, you didn't ask me about it. him. Now, Thank God. Now now that we're on it, I was down in Atlanta seeing Denny Avia. I, I watched him work out and did a story on him, but um, his, uh, I guess, not teammate, but his European uh person that, or I guess player that is repped by the same people as Denny is his name is T H E O. So we would say Theo. Theo, Yes. And his name is Teo. (laughs) So (laughs) I asked, I asked Teo, I said, how many teams have called you Theo on zoom interviews? And he said, every single one of them. So (laughs) there you go. Like there's, there's different ways to, to pronounce everyone's name. I have a long and storied history of screwing up names, and I'll go right to the uh, to the source. So I've introduced myself as Bram. My real name, Christian, is Abraham. I'm just or desperate to mature into Abraham, but I'm nowhere close. I just go Abraham. Here's the connection. I didn't know my name was Abraham until I was in like third grade, and they had a a substitute come in. They called out for Abraham. You know, the person was taking role, and I literally remember looking around the class, being like Abraham. Pfft. Like, what a stupid, stuffy name. So the fact that I don't know any of the NBA people's name, it's just, it's a long, it, it's been a problem for me for a long time, Chris, and it just is what it is. Hey, listen, it's it's totally acceptable. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Now tell me more about not Vassal. Oh, <laughs> Devin Vassell. Yes. So he's super long, has the 6'10 wingspan. So if the Warriors were to trade down for him, um, they would be getting a guard, someone that could come in for Clay or Steph at the guard position. So I don't know what their more, what their needs are more. If they want a big to kind of stop, you know, defensively um, and help out there, or if they want a guard, they want someone to come off the bench. But Devin is the best three and D guard in the draft class, and then also Sadiq Bay, who 
the more the closer the draft gets, the more attention he's getting because he came from Villanova. Villanova is just notorious for producing just solid NBA players that have long careers as role players. So if you're looking at a draft class with a lot of question marks, Sadiq Bey is is surefire. You know exactly what you're getting in him. Right. And so defensively, I mean, he's not as quick as uh, Devin Vassell, but he can get it done. And when you say, can you make stops on defense and knock down the open three, he can do that too. So those are the two that are the best three and D players in this draft. Um, this is going to stick out in my mind until I hammer it down. So let me ask you about it now. So a couple nights ago, I was watching Blue Chips, movie I love. And it honestly made me think of you, Christian, almost immediately. So much so that I almost texted you at a commercial break. Um, and there's so many portions of that movie I really enjoy. But one of the things I like is when we watch the recruiting process and the supposed violations and the things that were offered and all of that. And so let me hedge this question first with this. This is not, I do not want you to report. This is only rumors. This is not attached to any specific player. I'm just interested in the information, the story behind it. But the question is this. If you look back on the rumors you've heard from all the players you've worked with, what's the biggest thing a program allegedly offered a player to have that player come and join them? I would say the biggest thing that a program has allegedly rumored to offer a player is a house, a car, uh, flights to all the away games, and uh, seats, you know, at every game right behind the bench. And does that, I mean, and again, this is just rumor, but when that happens, like, how do they announce that? Like they said they can't put it on paper, I would imagine. Is it like in the sit-down meeting when the coach just kind of casually is like, hey, you might want to come here because it's coming with a house, a car, and everything else? Like, how do they communicate it? I think the information, honestly, it's not directly from the school. Like they try to, it, they they go through either like the AAU coach or someone else to get that point across. This is what we can do for you. Like when you have Will Wade on wiretap saying <laughs> we gave him a strong ass offer. Yeah. Like, these are the strong ass offers I'm talking about. <laughs> Maxime, so for this question, you're a five star. We have been following you forever. Your skill is legendary. All the programs want you, but you've already decided you know where you want to go. I know you went to Cal. Let's make it Cal. So you're sitting down with Cal. You've already decided you're there, man. The offer's on the table. You're not expecting anything else. But then they reach out and they offer you something. You know, a Mercedes, a, a house. What's your personality? Would you be like, no, I'm coming anyways. Keep it? Or would you take the uh, the extracurricular stuff? You know, if I'm a five-star recruit, that means I'm going to the NBA. I think I can hold out for one more year. Plus, like, driving in Berkeley sucks. So I wouldn't want to do that anyways. I wouldn't want to have to deal with parking the car. I'm looking long-term. No, nah, I don't think I, I think I would listen to enough of the stories about what could go wrong by taking that extra incentive and just stick it out for a year. I would, if they offered it to me, I would say no. Like if they verbally offered it, I'd say no. If I came out of my dorm and there was like a Mercedes with keys waiting in it, I'd take it. I would be weak. Like I, I wouldn't feel, I feel guilty about it immediately, but I do think ultimately I would be for sale, which embarrasses me. <laughs> Kristen, if this was you, so if I had to guess for you, I'd say no. You strike me as a very principled person. So if, if they came, you already picked the school, but they tried to sweeten the offer for no reason. What do you do? 
What are you talking about? Of course I take it. Do you know how many <laughs> other players in my position, if I'm a five-star, are taking the exact same deal? <laughs> Let's go. Exactly. Okay. And Christian, can we bust out Maxime? Do you believe it's bullshit? So he just gave us that answer, and it's kind of high and mighty, a little bit pious. Do you think if they did actually offer him that, do you think he would say, no, I'm just going to get it in a year anyways? He sounds genuine. And to be honest, there are players that have turned it down. I, I'm hopeful so, to get you to, to turn on Maxime. <laughs> I don't know why, but I am. As much as I've heard the stories of, yeah, they got a house, they got a car, they got this or that. I've also heard the stories of, oh, this was offered, but they were one and done. They're just going to ride it out. Yeah. So it I, does happen. Um, let's switch back to the Warriors and make this kind of like a, a GM improv theater. All right. So if, if Bob Myers gave you a call, um, and you know, if, if, if the Warriors organization gave you a call and you're talking to them and their first question to you is, Kristen, I, I, we don't know anything about this draft. I'm not even sure of our needs. Let's start there. You know our roster. What should we be looking for? Should we be going for a big man? Do you think we need three and D? What, what position should we be shoring up? I mean, it all depends on if they want to chase someone in free agency, right? Like, do you want to go after Serge Ibaka Mm -hmm. and try to get him to be the extra piece, you know, the the veteran player that they can do to in a win now mode? And it's so say they go for Serge, but they still have the pick and Anthony Edwards goes number one to the Timberwolves. And the question is, do we take LaMelo? I say yes. Wow. I say for sure just in the sense where the upside is greater than, you know, him being a bust. And a lot of people like to say, oh, well, look at Lonzo. But LaMelo is not Lonzo. Like LaMelo has a pick and roll game already. He's a phenomenal phenomenal passer. And people are like, well, how does he play off the ball? Well, guess what? He played off the ball his entire career until <laughs> he went to Lithuania in Australia playing alongside his brothers. So he plays fine off the ball. I mean, when I look at LaMelo, because I saw him in person, I'm just, you just don't pass up on a player like that. And when you look at possibly coming in and being the third Splash Brother and coming off the bench and learning behind Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, I think that's just something like a situation you just can't say no to. Have you talked to him off the floor? Have you had conversations with him? I have. And you know, all these reports that he interviewed poorly. Well, of course he did. He's not a good talker. He's never been a good talker. And I was dreading going to Australia because every conversation I ever had with him as a high school player, he was just a punk. Like he would give me one word answers. They were never enough for a story. And so I'm like, here I flew 14 hours to talk to this kid. And I was pleasantly surprised. Like he finished his shoot around and um, he said, KP, I'll be right with you. And I'm like, what? I'm like looking behind me. Like, is there another KP here? Like, (laughs) who, who is this? And he sat down, he gave me some great answers. You know, I asked him, do you think you're the number one pick? And he's like, for sure I do. And then he told me why he thought. And um, it was enough for a story that, you know, I was happy to write. And, um, you know, but in, in terms of who he is off the court, he's just quiet. He's a jokester. He he likes to joke around. I mean, if you watch his Facebook show, the whatever, I don't even know what it is. His oh ball in the family, I think. Yeah, right. I've yeah. seen maybe ten minutes of it, but he just likes he's just a kid, you know? And I think in terms of maturing in this league, he needs some direction from guys like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. 
we literally, so you just covered most of the things we talked about with him last week. And that interview thing came up with us as well. Um, and in fact, if you have the time, Maxime, if we've got the quote, Christian, let me play something for you. This is from the, uh, the draft combine interview that he did in front of like 70 reporters on zoom. Oh, no. Um, and it's, it's like a 40 second clip, but it's kind of an awkward one. Uh, and I, what I want you, I'm yeah. already cringing. Okay. So. Well, and, and, but so, and let me, let me give you the question before we even hear the clip so you can keep it in mind. Objectively, it's awkward. It's an awkward back and forth. It's the type of thing that makes me cringe as I listen to it. But every Zoom conversation I've had, Christian, it's been kind of awkward. You know, the, 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 the Zoom back and forth is, is not natural and is weird. So when you listen to this, I want you to tell me, do you think it's just because of the environment? Is it just the Zoom? Or is LaMelo kind of awkward in these kind of conversations? Um, and if it's the latter, if he is kind of weird, Weird, should we not be worried about it? Because I heard I heard you just say it, but I want to want to go through the prism of of this quote. Um, Maxime, let's run it. Every player aspires to be the first pick. While Lamelo Ball should be the first pick. What did you say? Every player aspires to be the first pick. While Lamelo Ball should be the first pick. Well, that's a question for me or you? For you? Are you asking me? Uh, can you replay that then? Because my bad. I, I thought you were talking to somebody else. My fault. All right. Every player aspires to be the first pick, while Lamelo Ball should be the first pick, in your opinion. Uh, I mean, talent, you feel me, work ethic, just all the stuff like that. Okay. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> So it's, it's weird. It's a weird back and forth. And it's the exact question and back and forth you had with him. So and what are your, you, you hear that. What are your first thoughts? I, it is cringeworthy. It is. But I think that's just him. He doesn't want to do media. Like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, he's trying to buy himself time. It's probably like a 10 minute media session. He doesn't want to answer questions. He's trying to just do the minimal amount yep. of media he can. But what I think he'll learn, and even Lonzo learned this, probably after his first or second year, is you need the media. You need the media to be on your side, and right. you need to learn how to give concise answers. You need to be able to say stuff without saying anything. And Lonzo is getting better at that. LaMelo, not so much. And the <sighs> only reason I was able to get anything out of him was because he knew me, I was literally the only media person yeah. in the in the arena there to see him. So he was he was relaxed, he was comfortable, and I've known him <laughs> since eighth grade. That is the only reason. Yeah. Well, and to be fair to him, this draft, this NBA draft, is not a draft for people to answer questions in a Zoom setting. This is a draft for someone to take a basketball and lead an NBA team as a point guard. So, you know, maybe we shouldn't be spending as much time on the interview as I'm spending on it, but I, I wanted your take on it and what you said makes a lot of sense. Um, let me follow up the second half of a question I asked you earlier. So it's possible that the Lakers championship changes things. You know, we, we headed into the bubble and three and D and positionless basketball and the ability to kind of guard everywhere was the in vogue thing to do. Now the Lakers have won, and they were big, Christian. They had a lot of size, and if you look around, there are some outlets who are saying, okay, that's, that's what everyone else needs to do. They need to match them. So if that's true, and the Warriors need to get bigger, and traditionally bigger, a guy who can rebound, who are we talking about? 
I mean, obviously you're talking about James Wiseman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, he's, he's seven feet as a seven foot wingspan. He looks like a monster. Like I saw his trainer post a few photos on Instagram. The problem is nobody has seen him play in over a year. And Bob Myers, I mean, he said, he's like, would you pay someone millions of dollars over a Zoom interview? So yeah. I, I'm assuming that they took two trips down to see James Wiseman play. And if he looks fluid in his workouts and he's got the pick and pop game where he's extended his game to the three point line, you know, then I think you take a shot at him. I don't know how he's going to fit into the offensive mold in uh, at Golden State <coughs> for the Warriors. But if you're looking for just a big body in the lane, who's a phenomenal shot blocker, who's super athletic, who will take maybe a season or two to you know, figure out the speed of the game and the offense, then James Wiseman is your guy. I also really love Obi Toppin. Um, we've talked about Obi a lot. <laughs> you know, someone, someone who can play above the rim, he can score at all three levels. He shot, I think, 50% from the three in the second half of the season. He's really kind of finessed his game. And I talked to another lottery pick who was working out with him over quarantine, and he said, Obi looks the best that I've ever seen him look. And yeah. I don't think that there's any way that he falls outside the top five. If a team does not take him inside the top five, there's something wrong with the NBA. Do you agree with that? I haven't seen him play. So, cause he was working out over in, um, he was in New Jersey farthest East I got was Atlanta. So I didn't get to see him play. Um, but I'm going on my, my source is very, <laughs> I believe yeah. my source, my source knows basketball. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm going off that. This one obviously requires a crystal ball. Um, but, you know, the, the Warriors are trying to do two things in this draft at the same time. And it kind of underlines the unique position they're in. You know, most of the teams who are talking about who they should take are looking at just an acquisition of talent. You know, they're, they're not looking to, to have someone who can win a championship next year. They just want to bring in as much basketball talent as they possibly can and then kind of figure it out. But the Warriors are doing two things. They want to win a ship next year and they want to replace Steph, you know, five, six, seven years from now. So we talked about who contributes next year. Give me the second half of these players. And, and I understand there's a limit, but of these players, which one is most likely to be able to be a franchise player in five or six years? Oh man. I don't even know if there's a, I won't say it, but <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you can, I can, I was already starting to kind of cringe. It's like, damn you, Christian, you know, I want you to be optimistic. So we, all of us will probably know what you were just going to say, but just don't say yeah. it. We don't, we don't need it out there. Listen, uh, Rich Paul did the most Rich Paul thing when he sold his, uh, his workout, <laughs> his pro day to ESPN to, for two hours of live television to showcase two players. And he packed this small gym with LeBron James and Trey Young was there and all of their clutch sports people. Anthony Davis was there, you know, to support Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Maxey. And I will say this, Ant-Man, his nickname, looked great. He looked like the most athletic player in this draft class. Uh, you have the comparisons of Victor Oladipo and Donovan Mitchell. And also Dwayne Wade, like he said, Dwayne Wade is my favorite player and yep. that's who I aspire to be. And then Dwayne Wade came on Twitter and he's like, this is your number one pick in America. Like what's wrong with you guys? You know? So I think he showed a lot. And after that happened, the betting odds for him being the number one pick in the draft skyrocketed. And now, I mean, I think he's a lock for number one, but if for some reason the Timberwolves don't take him and they take LaMelo, 
I think you take Anthony Edwards. Will he be a franchise player this year, next year, three years, maybe, maybe like four or five years down the road? Possibly, but you cannot deny someone who has the comp and the ceiling of the three players that I just mentioned. Give me, let's go back into Rumorville. Um, Same hedge as before, before we were talking about what the team uh, would offer to the player. What's the biggest thing you've heard a player, heard a player allegedly demand from a, uh, from a school? One to go there. million dollars. <laughs> and like a check, like a giant golf check or like in an envelope or something? I don't even know, but like this guy was a five-star, allegedly. This kid was a five-star, but he wasn't like, yeah, you're, you're like top five in the draft next year, five-star. Like, what, what are you doing asking for a million dollars? Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right, we're going to ask Maxime KP what he would do in this scenario. Do you think he's going to be high and mighty again? Do you think he'll admit to, yes, I would ask for more money, or do you think he's like, no, I'm going to be in the NBA again, so I wouldn't ask for anything? I mean, I hope he would ask for the money. Think of all the money you're bringing to the school because of your name and likeness. Exactly. And and you've kind of let him out of this prison because you were like, I would I would have taken the money last time. So I bet you he feels a little bit more comfortable. Maxime, what's the answer? You're a five-star <laughs> recruit. You're going to Cal. You kind of want to go there, but you're not sure. Would you demand something extra? Oof. I mean, my poor golden bears kind of need all the help that they can get. But, oh, you bastard. But I will, okay, here, two things. First of all, I think I would take the money. And because the deal is, is tomorrow's never promised today, right? You got to you gotta take the money while you can. And, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for a max contract in the NBA someday. That sounds great. But in the meantime, yo, I, million dollars is still life-changing money. But here's the <laughs> other thing that I would ask for, because here's what I'm thinking. I'm a freshman, I'm like 18, maybe, you know, 17, 19, somewhere in there. Like what actually matters to me as a, as a freshman in college? Um, so I would say in addition to that, um, or maybe even I would take this instead, to be perfectly honest, thinking that I'm eventually going to make my money. Like I want absolutely no drug tests and I want one of those like sweet, like multi-perk bongs. <laughs> and then they immediately like, actually, we do not want you to go here <laughs> hey, I'm at a all. Recruit. You want at me, all. Trust me. I mean, to to be fair, if we're talking like eighteen year old Bram, my demands are awful. You know, I'm asking for like a fake ID and a ride right. off campus. You know, like five times a day or something. So I could see it going the wrong way. I would definitely demand something. I would be shady. Um, there'd be retreating demands. Like Kristen, I'd come in, I'd demand a, a million, and then the second that their facial expression illustrated they're not giving me more than like twenty bucks, I'd be like. I'll take 15, $15 right now. And I will sign any deal you want. Uh, how about you, KP? Would, would you, would you demand anything or are you only taking money if they offer it? Okay. If I'm a five star and I'm a top five ten player in the country and I know other players are getting their bag, I would definitely, I wouldn't demand it, but I would ask about it. I I mean, I've told you how much I love you as a guest, and I, this this only strengthens that. Here's the most important question. Kristen, if it was up to you, and you could uh, select anybody from this draft for the Warriors, we, let's move them up to the number one pick. Who would you pick for uh, Golden State? At number one? Oh, man. I don't know. I, this is, Lynn, I told, so I had to do a video hit, and they're like, who are the Warriors going to do it to? And I was like, I literally change my mind daily yeah. about what I think they should do. So if you move them up to one, then it's just like, oh, crazy. I guess you take Anthony Edwards. You just take best available. Yep. And right yeah. now he's looking like the best available. Or you trade down 
you know, for Denny Avia or Onyeka, if you have to, that's, that's what I would do as the Warriors. And if they are two, like they are now, and Ant-Man does go off the board, who, what would you do at number two? I heard you move down. I mean, I, I heard the options, but let's put you in that two slot now. What? So as a Warrior fan, I'm now hoping that Edwards slips to me, you know, but if that doesn't happen. Now we're staring at the board. Everyone else is still up there. Would you move down or would you take Wiseman? What would you do? I mean, if you want a big in this draft, I guess you take Wiseman. But if you think you can make a run at like Serge Ibaka or some of these other guys that are still on the table, then, you know, you go for them. But And then take LaMelo Ball. I think LaMelo is worth it. I think he sells tickets. I think he's exciting. He's got a little bit of a Trey Young effect in the sense where he just finds ways to make shots. And the report from Jonathan Gavoni from last night said, Minnesota Timberwolves went to watch him work out in a private workout and he shot the ball extremely well. So take that for what you want. It could be a little smoke and mirrors to, you know, kind of counter his, his bad press he's getting with (laughs) with these zoom interviews. But um, I mean, I just, I've seen him in person several, several times. And if you're going to put money on anything, I think LaMelo has a high ceiling in that top five between draft advice, relationship advice, and just name pronunciation advice. Christian, you were on fire today. Uh, I know I'm not the only one thinking that, and I also know how hard you're working. If people need more information about this draft or just want to check out your work on any topic, where do they go? Okay, if you have any if you have any questions, please call me at, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kristen Peak or Instagram at Kristen Peak or read all my stuff on Yahoo Sports. For us, uh, our Twitter account remains at Warriors Huddle. We're still up on Patreon. And if you want to shoot us an email to tell us we did a good job, bad job, that you don't believe Maxime, that he uh, wouldn't have taken that offer, hit us up at warriorshuddle at gmail.com. With that in play, go Warriors. And hopefully we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Good, good.